0: Welcome. You've got mail.
1: If we ignore each other every day, things don't take their course. Not that I was ignoring you. I just didn't see you. And I have been overthinking it, and I didn't want to talk to you because I didn't even know if there was anything to talk about.
0: That's fine. But obviously, by not overthinking things and letting them take their course, it's led us to this.
1: Well, because I snapped. You never would have spoken to me again. Poor me.
0: Yeah, like I'm something special.
1: No one's anything special. I'm not. We're all just wasting our time may as well waste it together. That's an AIM conversation I
2: had in high school. The boy's name is Nick. On the surface, we were just friends. We had a lot of AIM conversations, but I printed this one and pasted it in my journal. To give you some context, the only two things I pasted in my journal that year was a computer printout of the Twin Towers burning and this conversation. So you can see that I took it very, very
1: seriously. January 12th, 2003. I think my friend Nick is developing feelings for me, but I can't do it. I really can't. I see things in him that no one else knows are there. And I know maybe I'm letting something potentially wonderful pass me by, but right now I'm not that girl. I always knew he had been someone special to me in high school,
2: but it wasn't until I read back through these journals that I realized how intense I was about our relationship.
1: January 18th. I can't sort through my feelings right now. What do I want? What don't I want? It's complicated and I hate complications. Nick is so sweet to me. He likes me so much and I don't fucking know why. I don't know what made me so certain that
2: he had feelings for me, but I was still insecure and self-doubting, per usual.
1: What does he possibly see in me? Not only am I terribly ugly, but I'm so mean to him. I normally hang out with him ninth period, and so today we were together, and I was just such a bitch to him that he literally just left. And I realized this is me subconsciously trying to push him away. I was mean, and I wouldn't look at him, because I didn't want him to see my hideous face. I don't want anyone to see me. Poor young Laura.
2: It hurts to be reminded of how I felt about myself back then. Reading these entries also made me realize that if I was going to tell our story, then I would need Nick's side too. I had to talk to him. The only problem was Nick and I aren't friends anymore. We're Facebook friends. We occasionally liked and commented on each other's posts over the years, but we haven't really spoken to each other in, I don't know how long, so many years. But there are things about people that never change. Nick is a quality human being, a genuinely good person. So I wondered if he'd be down to talk to me about this. Hi. Hey. How are you? How are you? Thank you so much for doing this. No,
3: I, I you're very welcome. I'm glad to help, and I'm sorry for the technical snafu.
1: This
2: I'm Laura Lee I'm Abby, Abbey, and you're listening to Seventeen: Conversations with My Teenage Self and
1: Teenage Nick. October first. I just want to live while it's still terribly interesting. August 19th. I need to grow up, but not grow up. April 2nd. I am awfully stoked. All in all, my birthday was a damn good time.
2: Thank you so much for doing this.
3: You're very welcome. I'm glad to help.
2: I I was in my fitness studio and had just finished teaching a spin class. I rushed to apply some makeup and run a curling wand through my hair before we got on Zoom. Nick looked exactly the same to me. He has brown hair and dark eyes. He was wearing eyeglasses and the same warm smile that makes you feel like he's really interested in what you have to say. I mean, tell me, give me your little, like, life update, where, where do you live. Before I dragged him back to high school, we had a quick life catch-up. Uh, live Nick lives in Little Rock, Arkansas, Arkansas with I'm his wife and their two kids. After I graduated he's a psychologist school, who works with children. Seven, so this did not surprise me. Nick was always an engaged online. and active listener. Facebook Maybe that's why I thought he had feelings for me in high school. Most teenage boys were not an attentive audience. We started
3: talking, um, we started talking mm-hmm. to or like fan page or something what We
2: slipped like, easily like, into conversation. Um, it felt like no time had passed. Yes, it was nice.
3: Um, my kids were never great sleepers until like 4 and 5, so I can't yeah, That's come. kind of
2: what we're struggling with now as our like, kids turn into But we weren't here to chat about our kids. We were here to talk about our past. I came armed with my journals and prepared to share some entries with him. Because here's the thing, I never told Nick how I felt back then, and the question lingered. Had I made it all up in my head? The only way to find out was to do the thing I had feared the most, open up, be vulnerable, and ask him. So I started at the beginning. I asked him to tell me what he remembered about me and our high school friendship, just off the top of his head. Like when you think back to high school and being friends with me back then, how would you have described me?
3: Well, I thought you were very intelligent and kind of upfront and just very well-meaning and kind of just knowledgeable. I mean, like, we talked a lot about, you know, movies or music. I mean, we shared the love of, you know, Conan O'Brien. And so, you know, I thought that was, like, one of the coolest things. um, Our
2: shared love of Conan was was basically groups of us taking the train into the city to see a show. Just kind
3: of easy to, you know, uh, talk to. And we could talk about more non-service-level things if we, you know, needed to. And I remember going to the parties at, you know, Annie's house and, you know, you were there and we had a good time.
2: And, and that's so when he said the I thing I was afraid he might say.
3: Having a good friendship with you. I don't recall off the top of my head necessarily any romantic feelings or if I was giving those off or if I was like that. I don't uh, actually recall, to be honest with you.
2: Oh, shit. Like, let me get this straight. When you were 17, Laura, you were so insecure that you thought nobody could like you, but at the same time, you were also certain that this one person did like you, and you wrote about his secret feelings for you in countless journal entries. And you were wrong. Are we here to talk about something
1: that wasn't even real? January twelfth, two 2003. With Nick... There's a big part of me that is terrified that I'm wrong, although deep inside I know I'm not.
2: So I sat there, and I had like one second to think. And I decided to do my past self a favor and say the things she couldn't. I was going to tell him everything. But first I asked him to tell me who he was back in high school.
3: I was in a weird headspace where I think I came off as like pretty secure in who I was, but I was really very insecure and depressed inside. And so I remember not really showing that a lot, but when I came home at night, it was a lot of late nights, like crying, journaling myself, you know, listening to whatever sad song was going on at the time. And so um, so I really, so that's where I was at, my headspace. Um,
2: Journaling, sad songs. Turns out we were kind of the same person, but I didn't know this stuff at the time. I thought I had him all figured out.
1: I see right through him, and that terrifies him. But he doesn't even realize. He can't even see what he's doing. That's what gets me. I'm calling him on things that he may not even see. Sounds like I was just a touch more invested in our relationship than
2: he was.
3: And I remember going to parties at Annie's house. You were there. We had a good time.
2: Okay. Time to step it up. I told Nick about the AIM conversation I had pasted in my journal. It was a late-night conversation from 2003. I offered to share my screen and let him see it. He was silent as he read.
0: Who knows? You're probably wasting your time over me.
1: What does that mean? Do you think I'm wasting my time?
0: I'm nothing special, Lara.
1: I'll decide. But why do you say that?
0: Cause I'm not. No reason to say something that isn't true about myself
1: well i can't change your opinion of yourself regardless of whether or not i agree with it but no one's anything special i'm not we're all just wasting our time may as well waste it together
2: Nick's face fell it's just a bunch of like bullshit
3: <laughs> no I mean I mean I vaguely
2: I don't expect you to remember these so don't feel bad at all I would never have except that I literally pasted this in my journal
3: no uh, yeah' just just saying I'm nothing special just kind of hits home.
2: He was hiding these feelings for me, but really he was consumed by his own stuff, his own insecurities. I was waiting for him to be honest with me, but he was being honest with me. He was showing me who he was. I was angry and frustrated with him, but I should have been mad at myself for not admitting my feelings. It feels so classic now. Neither one of us could get out of our own way. I wanted to
1: talk to him. I even had a plan. I'm going to throw my pride aside and go out on a limb with him, be honest. And it makes me sad because I want to know why I'm not worth it to him. I guess he doesn't even realize that he's passing me up. I didn't even realize that he was or that I wanted to stop him. I had feelings for him. I didn't know how to define them. I didn't know how to talk about them.
2: So I would fight with him or be mean to him. Then we would sign on to AIM
1: and talk ourselves in circles. I know you must understand what I'm saying. You've always... understood me, even when I don't make
0: sense. Basically, I've not thought about a lot of things lately. Because if I do, I overthink them. Which has always been my problem. I'm trying to learn to not think about what goes on in my life. Because I end up fucking up somewhere.
1: So you're trying to tell me in a nice way, that not talking to me didn't make a difference in your life either way?
2: The night of this conversation, I told him that I wanted to talk the next day in person. I was going to tell him how I felt. I was going to cut class, ninth period. Nick and I were going to talk. And I was scared.
1: March 3rd. Ugh, oh, the internet the age of technology has certainly made life a little more impersonal. (sighs) That's life, I guess. We're too cowardly to speak face-to-face. Well, face-to-face is what I attempted today with Nick. I blew off half of economics to stroll through the hallway listening to him beat around the bush as usual. It had been on my mind all day, and after five minutes of being with him, I realized what deep down I always knew. He's never going to be honest. He will never make this easy for me. And at this point in my life, I understand that I am unwilling to expend the energy that it will take to be close to him. I'm not blaming him. It's both our faults. It has been the whole time. I was never completely honest with him either. In the movies and TV shows
2: I'm obsessed with now, fate would have intervened. At the last second, just before the credits rolled, one of us would say it. But this... This was real life. Decades have grayed the memory of my non-relationship with Nick. But when I think about young Laura, I'm struck by her sophisticated understanding of the situation. I knew that I wasn't mature enough to take the risk and tell him how I felt. I regret it. I wish I had told him. But now was my chance. Nearly 20 years later and 1,500 miles apart, I could say to him what I couldn't back then. So, okay, are you ready for the big one? Yeah. Let me read this to you. I can't look at you. Um, okay, so this is from March 3rd, 2003. The thing that I began to realize when we weren't talking, the thing yeah, I, I wouldn't speak to, my, to friends my friends or even, write, even, write,
1: even write in my own private journal, is that I could have loved him, could have been in love with him. <laughs> wow. I wrote it. Part of me still doesn't believe it, but I'm not going to deny it to myself. Maybe to everyone else. But not myself. The problem is that I would have never been willing to give myself 100%. And he deserves deserves that. Everyone Everyone does. does. Even in a high school relationship.
2: I finally told you. You
3: finally told me.
2: (laughs) 19 years later.
3: (laughs) Wow. Um... kind of weird hearing it now just because back then that's what exactly I was looking for, but I was too blind to like even like see an opportunity when it hit. And so it's just kind of like just wow, um, I'm kind of I'm in a state of shock. Um,
2: <laughs> um, well, we both sat with this for a few moments. Let it sink in. What could have been. Memory is slippery. It's tricky. It lies to us. Memory is bullshit. We rewrite feelings and moments in our brains, so we think we remember, but maybe we don't. When I read him these journals, I think Nick finally remembered. Or maybe he realized it for the first time. We
3: were definitely almost there. Just looking back, I mean, obviously it's all there, um... Obviously, I had some level of attraction toward you, even if I didn't consciously know what the hell it was or could even be brave enough to figure it out. But, I mean, like, I I did have what I needed. I just didn't realize it, you know. And so I was just kind of, it's just eye-opening, really.
2: Nick may be the psychologist, but he was the one having a breakthrough.
3: I wanted a connection, yet I was too fearful and didn't like myself at all to, like, even give myself a shot at the same time. St- I mean, like, I was just so inhibited and fearful of, like, myself and, like, being vulnerable, even though I wanted it. It was, like, this weird dichotomy of, like, both things were true. God, I feel like I'm in therapy right now.
2: We both wanted a connection with someone, but we couldn't give ourselves a shot. So how could we expect someone else to? Neither one of us wants to rewrite history. I think we just feel sad for our younger selves. There was something we both really needed back then. And maybe that something was actually someone who was right there in front of us.
3: Yeah, it's just kind of the other path we could have taken. You know, like what could it have been? Would it have worked out? Would we be content and, you know, happy like we are now? You know, maybe, probably, but who knows? I mean, but like, it's it's just one of those forks in the road that's just teamed with just so many different variables that who the hell knows. I know. But
2: I'm... Don't you want to, like, go back to your 17-year-old self and just give him a big hug and be like, he mattered to someone. Yeah. That's the other thing. He did matter to someone then. And he matters to someone now. We both do. So I think, ultimately, it's okay. Okay, I mean, I hate watching movies or reading books when the main characters don't end up together. I hate it. Real life is tough, so I want my entertainment to give me the happy ending. But I think we still got our happy ending just in our own separate ways. I know I did. That entry I read Nick, where I cut class and wandered the halls with him,
1: this is how it ended. While it doesn't seem like anything's changed in my life, today something has. I weighed my options and I chose to give up. I don't regret that. I wonder, but I don't regret. When we were standing in the hallway together, Nick ran into a friend of his and started a conversation. I stood there alone for a moment and had a chance to think, and as they joked about track practice and cartoons, I realized that I was wasting my time. When he looked up at me to see if I was ready to continue, I had made up my mind. I knew I was only wasting my time, that I didn't have the energy for this, that I never would. And so I asked him to walk me to class. That was that. And that was that. I didn't mention Nick again in my journals.
2: At least not for a while. Nick and I didn't get a teenage love story, but we did get our moment. A moment we can both remember. It just didn't come until after high school. But more on that in a later episode. I do wish I had given myself the opportunity to have a relationship at 17. Instead of hooking up at parties, giving blowjobs to guys who didn't give a shit about me, and being consumed with my virginity. Somehow I feel like what happened between me and Nick helped me learn what it meant to let fear hold me back. I met my wife Sam less than two years later. Falling in love with her was terrifying for me. But after Nick, I think I understood that the best things in life sometimes are. Even when my journals bring me face to face with moments that are embarrassing or emotional, I feel fortunate to have them. I get to communicate with my younger self and check in on her in these pages. Reading these entries to Nick allowed me to check in on who he once was too. And talking to him got me thinking about what it was like for guys back then. I just assumed everything was easy for them, that nothing really mattered. But high school brought me some high highs and some low lows. Why wouldn't it have been the same for them, too? We'll explore that and how elusive popularity was on our next episode. Seventeen is an original series from Paradiso Media. The show is written and hosted by me, Laura Lee Abbey, featuring Leah Emmanuel as young Laura and Michael Graham as young Nick. It's produced by Molly O'Keefe and Yael Evanor. Emmy Norris is our executive producer. Paradiso's chief content officer is Louis Debussy and head of production is Benoit Dernay. Brendan Galbraith is our associate producer. Yael Evanor is our editor and sound designer. Additional sound design and mix by Adrian LeBlanc and Jimmy Bardin. Recording engineer is Johnny Taylor from Beacon AV Lab. Original music by Guillaume Zolnirowski. Our music supervisor is Benoit Dunig. Amy Faconier is our post-production assistant. Stefania Sotil designed our cover art. Special thanks to Lucy Michelion and Jean Boese. Thanks for listening.